When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, shoot like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today we are joined by yoga instructor, author, and founder of the Underbelly, an actually inclusive online wellness community. Welcome, Jessamine Stanley. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be here with y'all today. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You've been on our list and we're we finally pinned you down and we're so excited. She remains booked and busy. <laughs> we all are out here. It's a crazy time in the world. Crazy time in the world, crazy time in life. And Truly. I'm glad everything aligned. Yes. True. You know what makes me feel a little less crazy during crazy times though? Mm. And, Yoga. And a little more That's aligned. True. That is true. Oh, oh. It does. I see what you um. did there. It's really good. Yeah, it's nice. It's like you knew. <laughs> you must hear the yoga puns all the time. How did you first get into yoga? And at what what point did you become an instructor? Oh, man. So I first started practicing yoga when I was in my early 20s. I was in graduate school and I was really depressed. And a friend of mine was really into Bikram yoga at the time. Have y'all ever done Bikram yoga? Does this mean anything? Yes. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, yes. If you're hot, sweaty. Hot, exactly. Literally very, very hot. It's like I think of it as the McDonald's of yoga because it's kind of the same no matter where you are in the world. It's the same 26 possible over 90 minutes in a room that's about 104 degrees. It kind of depends on how sadistic your yoga teacher is, like how hot the room will be. Mm. But my my friend was like obsessed with it. And I, when she first suggested it, I was like, I'm not doing that because I had actually tried yoga before when I was in high school. I had tried that exact style of yoga, in fact, and I thought it was like the worst thing that had ever existed. Just and I was straight like, to hot yoga? Literally no straight. normal no. temperature <laughs> yoga? You know, I feel like somebody probably tricked me into going to some other type of yoga class when I was in college. I was just not into uh-huh. it at all. Like, I thought yoga was okay. boring. I was like, this is not, mm-hmm. I don't like this. And that time, my experience with hot yoga when I was 16 I was just like this is the worst thing that has ever existed so like so when my friend was like oh my god come to yoga you're gonna love it I was like actually I'm not and I already know that and I don't know why you're trying to convince me to do this but essentially Mm -hmm. like 
I went because she convinced me to get a Groupon and it was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'll go one time and then like never go back and it's fine. But when I went- I've done some crazy things because I had some Groupons. Listen, how many nail salons <laughs> that you're like, I don't ever need to do this again. Yeah, I feel like going, going out on a Groupon, it'll be like- anything could happen. But I remember when I went, like, <laughs> I was one of the only fat people. I was certainly one of the only mm. black people. It was very much an alienating experience for me. Every posture seemed impossible to me. Like I could not, even just to sit with my legs crossed felt impossible. And I found myself like- Imposturable. Imposture. <laughs> you better go <laughs> off with the yoga. I feel like I'm pretty good at making a yoga <laughs> fun, but you're like a master. Y'all are really good. Take them. This is what the whole show is going to be. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that's, you know. It's going to be vinyasam. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! How are you doing this? This is a New York thing. I don't know. Even think of I these. need to go to sleep. Oh my! God. Oh well, that, I'm now. I'm curious about the astrology that is making these puns so obvious. But I'm assuming y'all are. I'm assuming your air signs. Maybe I don't know. We are two Virgos. Virgos, really? Of course, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, you said. Mm -hmm. Jessamine, what are you? I'm a Virgo rising, but I'm a double Cancer. <laughs> I'm so curious what okay, y'all's okay. moon and risings are. I have no problem telling you. Yeah, please. I am a Gemini moon Absolutely. and a Scorpio rising. Wow, very interesting. Okay, yeah. That's totally. what everybody says. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, a yeah. lot of chaos. It's, well, it's just, it's just an interesting pairing. It's very balanced, ultimately. But definitely, like, that oh, okay. Gemini air sign kind of prominent energy. I'm so curious. What, I'm a Capricorn moon absolutely. and a Sagittarius rising. Oh, I love that. Spicy. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, that must Spicy. be a lot of conflict like within yourself. Haha. -ha, yes, in yeah, my brain totally. all yeah, the time. Deeply, yeah. Um, okay, well, so yeah, yoga. Um, but I, I'm trying to remember. But um, it was just a very, I just wasn't into it. And it wasn't like I went to class and I was like, oh my God, I'm so flexible. This is amazing. Like the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. But I had a moment in class where I was like, so are you just going to like be mean to yourself this whole time? Are you going to talk shit about yourself all class? Or are you going to just try? Because you could just try and maybe you fall down and maybe everyone in the room is going to see that you don't know what you're doing and maybe you're going to be embarrassed, but you could still just try. And when I gave myself that question and option, it made me notice just how much in my life I didn't give myself the chance to try. I would say like, I'm yeah. not good enough. I can't do this. Like, and that that's where a lot of my depression was coming from, that I was not giving myself the opportunity to fall down and to not be good enough and to fail. And so it really just opened my eyes. It wasn't like, cause I think sometimes when you say you're really into yoga or if you say you're a yoga teacher, people are like, oh, well you love exercising. I, I mean, I guess exercising is fine and stretching is great. And the physical benefits of yoga are tremendous, but ultimately it opens a much deeper conversation within yourself. And that conversation is really what got me to be like so heavily invested in it. And it just became this medicine. And ultimately, even to this day, I still think of yoga as my medicine. It's the practice that I go back to, to mm. remember who I am, but I didn't want to teach yoga. Like I was not interested in teaching yoga. I did not care 
at all. And I started sharing my yoga practice on social media. This was back before Instagram was like really popular. It was back whenever it was mostly just like college students. And I like my first few Instagram pictures are like my Lattes. cat. Yeah, it's like yeah. dinner, you know. <laughs> but I started sharing my yoga Lots practice. Lots of Valencia filters. The, oh my God, <laughs> not Valencia. Yes, I, oh yeah, so you were there, totally. But I like, oh, yeah. I did not feel like sharing my yoga practice was about anything more than just being in community with people. Like when I was practicing yoga at home, it was very lonely. I wasn't sure if I was like practicing the postures correctly. So I would post my photos just to be like hopeful that I could connect with other yoga people and that someone would be like, I love triangle pose too. Or like, this is how I do warrior two pose or move your knee here and not there or whatever. But mostly I just had people being like, I did not know that fat people could practice yoga. And I was just like, wow, mm -hmm. fat people do all kinds of things all the time. So like, clearly we just have a visibility problem. So I kept sharing my yoga practice because I realized that just by sharing my life authentically and honestly, it was creating more representation for people. But through that, I had people reaching out to me, asking me to teach them yoga. They're reaching out from all over the world. And I was like, you do not need for me to teach you yoga. There are literally thousands of yoga teachers. Like I would recommend teachers. I would recommend the teachers and platforms that I really liked, but still people would mm -hmm. just be like, I want you to come teach me yoga. And so when I went <laughs> to training, it was very much like, okay, I'm just going to try to try everybody who has asked me to teach them. And I literally had like a list of all the places around the world that people have asked me to teach them. And eventually I realized that while I can teach physical classes in different places, and I've taught yoga all over the world at this point, but I can do that, but that's not necessarily the best way to reach everyone who is asking me to teach them. And that's the place where the underbelly, my wellness community, where that was Born, was wanting to create a platform where it's okay to be yourself. Like so much of the wellness world, it just makes it feel like it's not okay to be yourself. Everything is aspirational. Everything is like, you, you'll be better tomorrow. Or like, you'll be better if you change this one to two to 10 mm -hmm. things about yourself, as opposed to just accepting yourself right now as you are. And that's what we do at the underbelly. And that's also that exploration of like, sharing the yoga practice in a more holistic and accessible way is where my book writing came from. So I've written two books, Everybody Yoga and Yoke My Yoga of Self-Acceptance. And they both come from that idea of you're okay today. Exactly how you are is perfect. Like yeah. you don't need to change anything about yourself. Yeah. When you were talking about not like getting in your own way because you weren't perfect yet. Like I've been thinking about that a lot recently about how perfection is the opposite of progress. Mm -hmm. And the reason why a yoga practice is called a practice is because you're still practicing. Like there is no perfection. Exactly. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have those preconceived notions about yoga and it just has a bad reputation from the way that it's shown on social media. And I saw a quote from you that described the way that a lot of people show yoga on social media as mm. yoga flavored bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very curious as to what that means. You know, I think that a lot of people associate yoga explicitly with yoga postures. And so it becomes very much about like 
showing these acrobatic gymnastic style yoga poses and saying like, look at how great I am. Look at how far I've come. Look at how I'm a better person than you because of what I can do with my body. But the reality Mm -hmm. of yoga is that it doesn't have anything to do with what your body looks like. And the postures are going to look different for everybody. And they're going to look different depending on when and where and why and how your body is showing up. They look different at different points in your life. So the the most important thing about practicing yoga really is breathing. And as long as you can breathe, you can practice yoga. But anyone who creates like a hierarchy around yoga or makes it about something other than just connecting with your breath and connecting to the light within you, that is, I would say, (laughs) something akin to yoga flavored bullshit. But You know, Mm -hmm. I will say that the practitioner in me wants to acknowledge that everything is yoga ultimately. And this is what my book, Yoke, My Yoga of Self-Acceptance is really about, that we tend to think that because yoga is these postures and, you know, it's about like getting the postures right, it becomes not about the journey that is happening within yourself. But ultimately, that's what really connects you to the practice. Like anyone who's really obsessed with yoga, it is not because of the postures. It's because of the internal work that they're doing that may have been started by the postures, but certainly takes them off of their mat and into the world. And so for me, the real yoga is the really coming up against the hard parts of yourself. And it's doing work that is not particularly glamorous or fun, but ultimately leads to much larger dividends. And it extends beyond our individual lives and into how we connect with other people. So examples Mm -hmm. of this, I would say, are acknowledging internalized racism, noticing the relationship that each of us has with capitalism, talking about spirituality and cultural appropriation and um, all of these things that I think live just below the surface of identity. But when we focus entirely on like what, what our bodies look like and what your body looks like, it's really easy to not focus on these much harder questions that ultimately yeah. when you do that work of decolonizing yourself and seeing the really tough intersections that live within you, that's how you connect to other human beings. And it's also how we start to create systemic change and that the yoga practice is really about, not just about connecting with yourself, but about connecting with humanity. Yeah. And I think that culture of what we look like being the most important thing, of course, it separates you from actually how you feel and doing inner work when you're just focused on what the outside looks like. Exactly. And I do think it's a lot easier to focus on what the outside looks like. And and that's certainly the what it's what our society really pushes us to. But it also sucks. Yeah, it's really depressing. And, and it's just very limited. And you always end up having to ask the same questions over and over again. Like, I mean, truly, how long do you intend on hating your body? Like, for real. Because mm. it's like, you only get one. And it really doesn't matter what it looks like, because you're still going to need to use it no matter what. And just being able to accept it is so much better than not accepting it. And it's going to change against your will just because of time. Exactly. Whereas like your internal changes happen because of will, Mm -hmm. because of trying to like figure things out. And like you could stay stagnant and never learn anything in the rest of your life. But your body is going to change whether your mind does or not. 
Exactly. And I think that accepting yourself makes it easier to accept that there will be changes and that there should be changes and that the changes are good. And it helps you embrace the change and not be scared of it. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Another thing is we all know that exercise has so many benefits that have nothing to do with changing our external appearance. But I think a lot of people are driven to exercise or attracted to different forms of exercise purely because of how they could potentially change their bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see this with yoga, but also with Pilates and also with bar. There's a lot of verbiage, whether it be by instructors or other people who practice it, saying, you'll get long, lean muscles oh, by yes. doing it. Yogis mm-hmm. love long, lean. Yeah. and um, <laughs> They used to say that in ballet, too. Long, oh, lean. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. ballet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But many of us could be doing those workouts, if that's what you want to call them, and, mm-hmm. and we could be doing them for a long, long time, but we're never going to be built like a ballerina or we're never mm-hmm. going to have, quote, long, lean muscles. Um, so how do you kind of shift in your mind well, this could potentially make me look this way to, oh, it's it's just 
it's, I guess, I guess it would be the journey, not the destination kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Like it's the act of doing it that will benefit me, not what I'm working towards in the end. Totally. I definitely think that focusing on the journey as opposed to the destination is crucial. And, and it goes back to that idea of it being a practice. And we always say like, it's called a practice, yeah. not a perfect. It's like, you're literally just doing Ooh. the thing every day. It's different. You just show up for the differentness of it. You show up to see like, what's my body going to be like today? Not to judge it against something that it was before. So that piece of it. And then I would say that there's this really helpful shift around remembering your inner child. And like, just thinking about the fact that, first of all, we are all little kids, no matter how old you get, you are st- the older you get, the younger you get ultimately. So like, we're all babies mm-hmm. running around in adult sized bodies. And really remembering that when you were a kid, you weren't obsessed with losing weight, you weren't obsessed with changing your body, you were literally just having fun, you would go for a run around the block, just to see if you could do it. You turn cartwheels in the yard just to see if you could do it. And so I show up to my yoga practice from that place, thinking like, this is my playtime. I'm just going to have fun. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of it. I'm just going to try to enjoy myself. And that is something that I think the older we get, the harder it is to remember that life is about joy. Life is not about performing for other people. It's about just having a good time. And so really arriving at it from that place of self-fulfillment and not trying to prove anything to anyone else or not trying to please anyone else. That's a really important shift, regardless of what practice, because you're right. Like it's so it's in bar, it's in Pilates. I would say it's in CrossFit, running, swimming, every kind of physical exercise. There is some kind of language around like, this feeling of insufficiency, of deficiency, of Mm, not being good enough. And I think a helpful way to counter that is to think about your inner child and think, is my inner child having a good time? And that's the only metric that matters. Have you always had that mentality as an adult or did you have Mm. to kind of break away from, because I know I would arrive to yoga classes or any other type of class and be like, oh, everyone is looking, Mm. you know, I'm not doing well enough. Totally. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being fat and black and queer and being in these spaces, particularly I'm from North Carolina. So growing up in the American South, like it is still very much in the shadow of Jim Crow. There is not the yoga community, I would say, is predominantly white, predominantly thin. It is very much an environment where I have not seen myself reflected. And so it's really easy to feel like I shouldn't be I shouldn't even be here frankly. Like I shouldn't be here. Everyone in the room thinks that I'm not good enough. And what has helped me is noticing that that is a conversation that I'm having with myself. That is not something Mm. that even if other people are saying it, the only reason that I recognize it as being something that matters to me is because it is language that I use to speak to myself. And so noticing that I am my own worst enemy has been crucial for me. Because you're allowing those conversations to enter your brain. Exactly. Well, and it's really, it's it's a perception of how other people are experiencing life. Because a lot of that, in my Mm. experience, is projection. It's like, you see somebody looking at you, and you think they must be thinking, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They didn't say anything. You don't know that person. How do you know that that's what they're thinking? It is true. Maybe they are thinking that. But even just noticing that, wow, that's a projection. 
I put a whole personality onto somebody that I have never spoken to. That for me is totally really helpful. And then I didn't really notice any of this in yoga classes so much as I noticed it when I was taking photos of my yoga practice. So like in the moment of taking the photo, I would be like, oh my God, yoga is amazing. I feel so great. And then as soon as I would look at the photos, I would just start talking cash shit about myself. I'd be like, oh my God, look at my stomach, look at my arms. I'm so gross, blah, blah, blah. And after a while I was like, there is no one else here saying these things. It's not like, I can't blame it on the media. I can't blame it on my parents or my friends or even like that random person in the yoga class. This is me. And so just noticing that I am embodying that language that is hateful and hurtful, it's just really helpful. And it helps me to be able to differentiate when I'm out in public between like who's saying what and what's going on. But it also happens in other places too, not just on a yoga mat. So like when I am going out to eat, for instance, like let's say I'm at the Whole Foods hot bar and I'm like getting loading up my plate and getting food. And I look over and I see somebody looking at my plate. It's really easy for me to be like, oh my God, what do they think about what I'm eating? Should I get more salad? Maybe they'll think that I should, like, maybe that'll be better, blah, blah, blah. And then I think like, maybe that person is thinking, oh, I didn't realize they had macaroni and cheese. Maybe I should get some macaroni and cheese. Like, totally. Like, give right. them the yeah. space to have their own experience. And then if I think I should get less macaroni and cheese, get less macaroni and cheese, but I don't need Go to turn yeah. this into something where this person is being mean to me. And now I'm setting up a whole victim villain hero complex with this other person. And, and it's not about that. There's, it's not like there's anything wrong with any of that. It's literally just noticing. It's just like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's what's going on. And keeping yourself in check. Exactly. Well, and even just noticing, like I'm not in check. Maybe it's like, yeah, right. I am mean to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love being mean to myself. I am the victim and the villain and the hero. And I feel like doing that, but just like actually, and really this comes down to something that yoga really offers, which is an opportunity to give yourself attention. Because I think that we look so much to other people to give us attention, but there's so much attention that we can give ourselves just by being. And so being able to like, in this instance, actually pay attention to myself actually notice what is it that I'm doing here? Not to be critical. And this is hard in a space of Virgos. I think that we can all say mm -hmm. it is very hard to not be self-critical. It's like, it can feel impossible. Oh, yeah. Truly. It's like, it feels like you're not doing a good job of being a human if you're not being critical. So like, totally. just to say like, actually, maybe there's nothing to criticize here. Maybe it's fine. Maybe sometimes things are good. Maybe sometimes things are bad. Maybe sometimes I'm mean mommy. Some, maybe sometimes I'm nice. And maybe all of that is okay. Bitch, lover, child, mother. Oh, yes. Sinner, saint. Oh my God. Yeah. The queen. Do not feel ashamed. Never. Modern day philosopher. <laughs> yeah. Literally. We want to talk about naked yoga. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness. You started creating content on OnlyFans mm -hmm. and you're doing yoga naked. I'm wondering how this idea came about. So, okay, it was a couple different things. The biggest catalyst is that for years, since I started posting content on social media, I've had a lot of my content banned, either shadow banned or fully banned. It's uh, been suppressed in different ways. And I was yeah. like, I would really like to be able to create on a platform where no one is going to tell me no, where I can just say or do whatever it is. Because the reality of practicing yoga is that once you get past the yoga flavored bullshit and whenever things start mm -hmm. to get real, 
you look at all the different parts of yourself. And for me, that has meant having a much more intimate conversation with my body, specifically in a way that white supremacy is not going to be okay with and things that are generally seen as taboo are gonna come up. And so I wanted a space where it was okay to talk about all of that. But specifically wanting to share naked yoga was really interesting to me because I have always practiced yoga naked. I feel like it's easier to practice yoga naked. Really? You're able to get much more. And it's not, I want to be really clear. It's not usually like I'm going to specifically get naked and then practice yoga. It's more like I'm practicing yoga and I just gradually strip off my clothing because it's annoying. Mm. Like if you've ever practiced Uh. yoga, I would say almost invariably that something annoying has happened with your clothes. Well, sometimes you're trying to do a pose and like you can't like I remember one time I did a class and I was and we had to connect our hands in the back. Yes. And I couldn't reach because my shirt was in the way. Exactly. That is an excellent example. So like there'll be situations where it's like, like maybe the bra is too tight or the bra is too loose or your leggings are too tight. Like just there's so many different things that happen where it's like you're focusing on the roll down instead of what you're actually doing. Exactly. You're focused on the clothes more than the yoga. And so being able to just not focus on the clothes is a really huge part of it. And then just from an anatomical perspective, you're able to go into much greater depth depth in the postures when you are not wearing clothes. So like you're able to move your flesh around and actually look at different parts of your body that I think a lot of us, particularly if you're fat, there's a lot of parts of your body that you never look at at all. So it gives you the opportunity Mm. to actually be intimate with those parts. The other piece that has been really interesting to me is just through offering naked yoga, I'm offering more representation of fat bodies in general. Like usually when you see fat bodies, you very rarely see fat bodies naked and you don't see them. You very rarely see fat people as more than like the before and a before and after. So being able to show that, yes, fat people do all kinds of things all the time. My friend just played a before in a commercial. I believe you literally. And it's It just is the world that we live in at this point. And I think that the way that we can get there, the way that we can start shifting into something different is by more representations of people just living their lives and being honest. I bet happy baby looks more authentic too naked. (laughs) I'm sure it does. (laughs) You know, it's very funny to me, this, um, this intersection of like the way that people typically expect to see a naked body and just wanting to practice yoga naked. Like I'm not really actively thinking about the sexualization of it. And it really shows me the way I've learned a lot about fetishization, about exotization, and just the way that people are really like trying to figure out how to fit this very broad concept into a pretty narrow box that society has left us. Oh, no, I was not sexualizing. The babies are happy and they are naked. (laughs) You're so good. It's just making me think about it. It's more true to life. It is more true to life. They're waiting to get diped up. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Y'all are amazing. I just really, it's what you're helping me with is really understanding and thinking about it. Like, wow, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's exactly right. Because I'm so deep in like, like yogic theory that I'm just like, I'm like, no, but we can look within ourselves and this thing could happen. And you're like, no, but 
but for real though, like this is actually what <laughs> that's a baby what babies looks look like. Yeah. Babies yeah. are naked. Exactly. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Here's the thing that I always struggle with in yoga is your boobs fall into your face Mm. a lot, Mm. no matter what. Does that happen with naked yoga too? Or is it just like... So yes, is the answer. And I think that it's just very interesting because I think that it just depends on the why of, of the garment and the why behind the practice. So like for Mm -hmm. me, I feel like my boobs are kind of annoying regardless of whether or not they're closed or not, if I'm practicing yoga or something. Exactly. Yeah. And like yeah. a sports bra is really helpful for compression because it's like, I don't want them to just be like flying around and like smacking me in the face. So like just being able to like <laughs> exactly. centralize is really helpful, but mm-hmm. it's also like, it doesn't make it where, you can really engage with your lungs in your heart space. Like it makes everything just Mm. kind of clump together. So I think it just depends on the intention and what you're really looking for, because the reality is like, yeah, they're going to be kind of all over the place and you're going to navigate that. But the positive benefits, in my opinion, outweigh the negatives. But I think that if you are the sort of person that's like, no, I need to have these puppies tied down. Like I cannot just be like, floating in the wind. It's like, keep your clothes on. And this is what I always say in naked yoga classes. The nudity is not required. Like you can be naked or not naked. It's totally up to you. It's more like there's an option if you would like to take, if you want to take off your pants, if you want to take off your bra or whatever garments, please feel free. But if you don't want to, that's also perfect too. And they're online. So people are at home. Exactly. And it's like my issue usually is like my boobs falling out of the bra, but I'm around a bunch of people. Oh but God, if totally. I'm not around anyone, then it's OK if they're flying in my face. Exactly. Even nice, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it gives your face a little hug. Yeah. Literally. A little kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. You were talking about fetishization. And I'm curious, has anybody fetishized you on that platform? 
because of these videos. Definitely. Lots of fetishizing. Yeah. It's very, it's just, I always say interesting because I'm just a very curious person, but I just think it's, it's interesting to witness and to see how people's fetishes show up and what they're looking for and, and what they're really trying to say through those fetishes. And, and also it's interesting for me to sort of separate myself emotionally from that and to see that like someone else's experience of my body, of my art, of my practice really doesn't have anything to do with who I am as a person. So just being able to yeah. see the duality there is really interesting to me, but Short answer is yes. So you don't kick them out? No, I'm not. I'm not really into kicking okay. people out in general, but that's a personal choice. And it's something that comes up a lot, not just with OnlyFans, but um, on all with all of my content, because I would say that there's a lot of fetishizing that happens with all of my content. And there are sure. people on my team that I work with who are very much like offended by it and they don't prefer it. And it's an interesting dialogue for us to have as a team because I just think that we are all on the road. Everybody is on their road, figuring out their journey. I don't feel compelled to control another person's journey. And I don't feel like it really has that much to do with me if someone has something to say about literally anything that I do. But not everybody feels that way. And it's just, it's, it's interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, some people would be like, okay, protect other people from those mm -hmm. comments, because it might mm -hmm. be tough for them to see. But then also, there's like the conversation of, well, you don't want them to think that they live in this vacuum. Exactly. Like there need there can be awareness of these conversations. And then by letting those conversations stay there, you see how other people combat them. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that I think that I'm coming from this place of like, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid. And then since being on the internet, like I have dealt with so much trolling and especially since being on the international stage, like I was on the cover of Cosmopolitan UK, on the cover of Self, and I've had people You're like, on billboards, billboards, <laughs> literally. And I'm thinking specifically of like Donald Trump Jr. and Pierce Morgan, oh, like I remember trying this. to say things yeah. about me. And it's just very much this thing of like, oh, yeah, totally. I forgot about bullies. That's just the thing that happens. Mm. And, and I think it is important for people to see that the response to bullying doesn't have to be running away. It can just be, or hiding, or trying to push things away. It can be standing strong in the face of it. But, you know, there is a point where I think that it becomes violent. And there is a point where there's a need to create protection and to make a safe space. And so there's just, I just think it's a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Well, what does standing strong in the face of bullying look like for you? Do you engage with those people? Do you fight back? I don't generally, um, mainly just because I don't care that much. And it's not, it just feels like it's a really big energy drain for me. Like every time yeah. that that has happened, I've just felt like I don't have anything to say. And you're totally welcome to say whatever it is that you would like to say, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. Because I think that the argument that's usually being used is like you're promoting obesity or you're saying that it's OK to be unhealthy or something like that. And these are all ideas that really don't have anything to do with me. And I don't feel like I need to personally like 
validate or invalidate anyone else's views and and just knowing that and really being able to stand true and strong and who who am I? What am I trying to say? Yeah. Am I trying to argue with a stranger on the internet that I'm never going to communicate with? Not really. And what comes up for me always with that is like just imagining where people are coming from. Because anytime that somebody is trolling, they are always having a bad day. Like there's no one yeah. who is who wants for someone else to feel unhappy who is not fundamentally unhappy themselves. And so when mm -hmm. I remember that, I feel a great depth of compassion because I just think like, damn, that sucks. Like I know that feeling. I feel you completely. I don't want to be a part of that feeling with you. And so I'm not going to join you over there, but I do get it. And um, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm like always so pious and like no one ever hurts my feelings. Like, no, sometimes people say things and I'm like, bitch, you tried it. Okay. Now I feel like I have something to say, yeah. but every time, like I'm thinking of, um, I was in a Gatorade campaign that was so cool and just like really amazing to see all over the place. Yeah. And there was somebody who was trolling me on Twitter and I don't know what was going on with me that day, but I was like, you know what? I do have time for this. And so I was just like, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I, I have no idea what I said, but I remember after I said it, I deleted it because I was just like, yeah, I don't want to, I just don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to put my energy there. So it's just, I think it's totally chill to feel the feeling. And it feels really nice whenever I'm able to be like, and seen, that's enough for me. I don't want to have yeah. that anymore. And you can just stand strong in the not responding, but also not letting it affect your day or your work life or your practice. You're like, I'm still going to live fully as myself. I'm still going to get done the things that I need to get done and focus on myself like that. You can't ruin me. Exactly. And I do think that there's a piece of this where I'm being offered an opportunity to like do something different. And that means that there are people who are going to feel offended by that and they're going to want to push back and they're going to go out of their way to try to hurt my feelings. And the opportunity there is for me to not be impacted by that. And it's an example that I can offer to other people who are experiencing that in their lives. Like anyone who feels like they are being bullied or pushed around, I can show them that like that is a, I, identify with that experience and I feel you and I'm out here with you and just being able to know that feels really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is kind of in the same vein, but you say that you practice yoga naked all the time, mm -hmm. um, but it's a little bit different doing it for an audience, totally. I imagine. Yes, it is. And like a lot of people are listening to this and are probably like, oh, I would feel so self-conscious, but is there a freedom in that? Mm. Is there like a part of it that's like, I am freely exposing myself. This is all of me. And is that a bit freeing? I would say it is deeply freeing, deeply, deeply liberating. And being able to say that I'm going to look all of my fears directly in the face and I'm going to just keep going. That is a power and a wisdom that I don't even know that I fully understand the depth of it. And it is it is everything that you've said. And it's something that I definitely didn't anticipate when I started sharing my naked yoga practice. But I think that like when you go on and you check out the classes on OnlyFans, you'll see that I am 
the, the depth of the practice that is possible. The postures are so much deeper. I'm able to go so much further in the practice and it's because of that liberation. So when you go to mm. OnlyFans and search Jessamine Stanley and download the classes, you'll experience that same depth of wisdom and opportunity for liberation within yourself. How many camera angles are you working with and do you edit it or is it just one long shot? That is a great question. Um, so when I first started doing the classes, we did a maximum of two camera angles and I do work with an editor who edits the classes together. Um, we have started venturing into several different camera angles to get lots of different angles and to show lots of different parts of the body moving through the postures. Cool. And now this question might make some people uncomfortable, but this is something I think about all the time when I'm working out. And I've actually asked several friends. I think I know air. what she's going to say. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So when I like do squats or do certain things where I open my legs, mm. I feel the vagina mm -hmm. opens up mm -hmm. and there is like much like a flower. Oh, yeah. Much like a, I don't want it to be opening up. And I've, th I've said this to Emily yeah. before where I'm like, is there like tape to like keep it together or <laughs> totally. something like that? Like, oh, I, I don't so like much. the whooshing sensation. Oh, I don't totally. I don't want to be. Also, though, some women have been like, my vagina does not open up. Mm -hmm. I have like a mm -hmm. lot of skin down there. Mm -hmm. It stays firmly closed. Somebody told you it stays firmly closed when they're doing squats and shit. Yeah. That's wild you're, to me. Okay. Yeah. You're amazing. Y'all I mean, are amazing. This is, it, you know, I feel like all of this is the reason that it happens, if that makes sense. That's my Yoda answer, because I feel like there's an acceptance of the human body that comes through seeing how it behaves in these certain situations. So, like, I feel mm -hmm. you that you're like, wow my pussy is wide open right now and i'm just like doing squats it's like and this gulping air literally it's drinking right now like wow yeah do you need a straw totally and it and so it's like there's a lack <laughs> of comfort there and the yoga practitioner in me is like so what does that feel like like what what comes up there like what does it remind you of does it remind you of your mother or your, like your aunts and like them telling you that you need to keep your legs closed and like and then mm. it's like what's connected to them like did what did they think about their bodies and like is that how you want to feel about your body and so and and then imagining all of that very anti-vergoan so like not virgo but going from this place of like what if all of that is okay? What if there's no right or wrong answer? What if what there's if? just noticing yeah. it? But um, I would say that I don't know about any vaginal tape to keep it closed. Like, and I do 100% experience this where it's just like flying wide open and, and it's yeah. nerve wracking, especially because of like smell and sound. And it's like, is this good and bad? Am I offending anyone else? Like there's so much there. And I just think that being able to ask those questions of yourself and like actually get into the nitty gritty of like, what is going on inside of me? It creates so much opening, so much spiritual opening that like gives a lot of confidence. Like 
definitely confidence and I would put some power intended for on sure. opening. Yes, it opens you exactly. <laughs> and it creates space for like really s- deep self-acceptance. And I think that when we talk about body acceptance, and this is a huge part of why I started sharing my naked yoga practice, is that body acceptance is so much more complex than just like doing some yoga poses or like chanting a mantra or like writing something in lipstick on your mirror or like taking a bubble mm-hmm. bath. It's really about like this level of deep acceptance of the things that feel really shameful. And it's easier, in my opinion, to start to really have those conversations by taking off your clothes and seeing what happens and just doing yeah. it within the safety of your own home. So that like, cause it's hard in the gym surrounded by people to be like, having that level of conversation. But if you practice it at home, it makes it a lot easier to have that conversation in public too. And to accept the functions too, not just what it looks like. Literally. But I think, I think that's what it is, is in the gym. You're like, Oh, I don't want it opening up because if it swallows too much air, someone's going to queef. But like, again, Mm -hmm. if you're at home, that's okay. Well, and also in yoga classes, they're always telling you like, it's okay if you fart. Have you experienced this? This kid oh farted in Shavasana once when I was in like tennis practice. We used to have to do yoga and we all laughed and laughed. I mean, it takes you out of it just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, and also like, it's funny. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like just being able to accept like, it's funny. It happens. It smells bad. Like just being able to let all of that be there. We live in such a monochromatic world where it's like, it's either good or bad. It's either like mean or nice. And it's like, maybe it's all of those things. And like, I love that in a yoga environment, it's possible to be like, yeah, just fart. Like I'm like queefing is totally normal. It is one of the functions of the body. It just happens. And like when you're farting, you're releasing air. Like when you're burping, you're releasing air so much better out than in. Like if you keep it in, it's literally painful. Yeah. There's a pose for it, right? All kinds of pose for queefing. Yeah, th- there's one that I think is called the wind relieving pose. Yes, I'm it's dead. called wind it, relieving pose. Right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 And it's you're on your back and mm-hmm. then you pull one knee toward mm-hmm. your chest, but it kind of creates pressure on your I don't even know how I know this. You know, I, I, like, know. I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I must have picked this up somewhere. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, is how you were talking about inner child stuff and how like when you're running around as a kid, you're not thinking about exercise. I will never forget when my sister's group of friends, not my sister, she did not participate. So Charlotte just got you covered. <laughs> but her, her group of friends discovered being able to make themselves queef. And they like on command and I like went in to like this sleepover and they were all like, Remy, look what we can do. And they're like, and I was just like, what joy. (laughs) (laughs) What is this bridesmaids ass like slumber party that was happening? This is amazing. They were like eight or nine years old and they were all just so proud of themselves and not embarrassed (laughs) at all. One of them's doing cat cow and just like, how old were you when this was happening this is amazing i was probably like 11 12 totally oh my god and i was just like okay go off girls literally i'm gonna go try that in my room i'm I'm gonna go back to whatever it is i was doing no totally i just i think we're all so ashamed to be human and to just be like that so many things that are totally normal seem like deeply shameful and bad and it's okay to do things that seem bad or that to 
do things that other people think are weird. And even just that level of confirmation, I think, can make a really big difference. Mm -hmm. Totally. There's one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's something that I wonder a lot. Obviously, we know that people in larger bodies are discouraged from doing all different kinds of exercise or Mm. they're made to feel just like you said, that it's not for them. But are there certain barriers to entry with body size? Like, Mm. are there certain things that somebody who's a certain body size can't do Mm. in a yoga class Mm. or something that would be very difficult for somebody in a larger body to do? Or is it kind of like you can do whatever you want to, you just need to work at it or approach it differently? Yeah, I would say that anything is possible for every single body and that there are some people who are extremely flexible and very, very strong and they weigh 400 pounds. And there are some people who experience a lot of difficulty in postures that require flexibility and people who aren't very strong and they weigh the amount that the doctor says that their body should weigh. So I just think that it Mm -hmm. really has a lot to do with who you are as a person individually. And I would not say that there are any limitations for anybody based on size, particularly based on size, because there are so many people who are extremely strong, extremely flexible, like more so than other people, I would say. And they are also extremely fat. Yes. Crazy poses. Exactly. And um, yeah, the handstands and headstands are something that I would love to be able to do, but I haven't gotten there yet. Well, that's those are really great examples of postures that are very much a mental game. And they look Mm. like they have a lot to do with what's going on physically. But so much of the practice is mental. and, And it's about the mental body and also the emotional body and really tying the whole experience of your body into to the, the spiritual as well. So that that's what I was thinking before when you were saying that it's like, it really doesn't have so much to do with your physical body as it is about your spiritual and emotional and mental bodies, because you're going to have to do a lot of work to practice any posture that's really challenging. Like I think about headstands, handstands, um, forearm stands, also wheel poses. So bending the spine mm-hmm. um, backwards, um, splits. So opening the legs up into really deep hip openers. Those are all postures that because of the way that we see yoga typically and yoga really being thought of as something that's like for thin people, for people who look like traditionally fit, it seems like you have to have that type of body in order to practice those challenging yoga postures. But you really don't. Like, it really has a lot more to do with the depth that you are able to find within yourself. And then that will open your body physically. Yeah. When you are wearing clothes for yoga, what do you prefer? Mm, That's a great question. I really like a very high short Like I like like a very, Mm -hmm. like I, cause you like when you're wearing shorts and your thighs rub together and then your shorts ride up. I don't know if this ever happens to y'all. That is really annoying to me just on a spiritual level. So I really like to wear (laughs) like shorts that start like right at the very top of my thigh, either that or underwear. And then like a good sports bra. And I say good sports bra, but I mean like a very low impact sports bra. Because like when I wear a really tight, like high impact sports bra, 
during yoga, I'm just like, I cannot, like, it's like, it is the worst experience. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Me. But, um, but yeah, that's my go-to yoga outfit is like underwear or very short shorts and like a very low impact sports bra. Yeah, because the sports bra, I didn't even think of this, but it could probably impact the way that you're breathing if you're exactly. trying to breathe deeply. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. And it just depends. I mean, like, if you got really big tits, you need to wear something that's going to hold them in. And it's going to be challenging if, like, actually, it really just depends on the person. But, like, my boobs, maybe I don't some feel like tape. they're that big. Some... Maybe some tape. You know? <laughs> some vagina tape. Tape and pussy tape. There's a good brassy bra that's like a... Um, bra that you can put on that's just like tape like maybe you need a brassy bra mm. but i don't know i like it to be as low impact as possible as somebody whose body uh, like you are an influencer people look to your body to like feel okay about their body you know like you make people feel more accepted have you ever felt judged mm. when your body has changed mm. that is a very good question Yes, is the short answer. I've definitely felt judged. But I think it is a reflection of the judgment that I've given myself. And my body has changed a lot, many different times as I've been sharing my yoga practice on social mm -hmm. media. And like, um, I lost a lot of weight whenever I first started practicing yoga and I was sharing my yoga practice. And then I gained weight while I was writing my books and then through and into quarantine during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic. And then since I've been living in California for the last couple of years and I've gradually lost a good amount of weight. And it's just been a very interesting process, like seeing how that is reflected online, seeing other people's reactions yeah. to it. And mainly I just feel like I want to feel good in my body. This is, it is actually literally my mm -hmm. body beyond the fact that other people can see it. And I just can't really be that wrapped up in how anyone else is perceiving it. But I do notice the judgment and the responses to it and the thoughts. And, and I'm just like, huh, that's interesting. Got it. Yeah. I'm so impressed by this letting everything wash over you attitude. Same. I assume it took a lot of work to get there, oh, but that's yeah. just, that's what I aspire to be like. Totally. Yeah. Well, double cancer. So on the topic of water, it's like, it is, I always think of myself as the ocean. So it's that, but I am also a Virgo. So it's very much like a practice every day mm -hmm. to be like, how am I being critical of myself? How can I just notice that? And then how can I move forward from there? This has been very inspiring, mm. truly. Y'all are amazing. I'm so thankful that you came on. Thank you for being so open. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for answering all of our questions and sharing everything that you did. Where can people find you online and see your amazing yoga? Oh my goodness. You can find me on social media at my name is Jessamine and that is spelled J-E-S-S-A-M like monkey, Y-N like Nancy. And you can find my yoga studio, The Underbelly, at The Underbelly Yoga on all social media. And you can try a free two-week trial at theunderbelly.com. Fabulous. Ooh, on my way. Thank you so much. Um, you guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DSD at Betches.com to get them answered and follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Yes. If you like this episode, please write us a review and don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review and subscribe to the show. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir and follow Jessamine. And remember, we're always with you through thick and thin. 
Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.